0: We're <laughs>
1: Welcome to Fatal Follower Presents.
0: Hello, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so um, I have been looking at your reviews on Horror Oasis and I've been nodding my head in agreement as I read. And I uh, reached out to you on uh, Facebook and we've kind of uh, formed a bond through uh, horror movies Mm -hmm. and uh, the way that we feel about the horror lifestyle. So I'm super excited that you were able to join me on the show today ditto. So you are a contributor, you're a writer. Um, you like to write horror. Now you write for a, a full-time job too as well, correct?
0: Um, I, yeah, I do. I do a little bit of uh, writing, but I do mostly editing as my full-time job. Uh, currently I work at an art magazine, art education magazine. So um, yeah, I do a lot of like copywriting, um, editing, you know, tweaking, stuff like that. Um, so naturally, I, I mean, You know, I do writing as a hobby, so I feel like naturally, of course, that was going to kind of segue into my job a little bit.
1: (laughs) Nice. Well, that's super exciting. I, uh, Like we had discussed in previous conversations, I I started out as a uh, contributing uh, writer to a couple uh, websites, a slash above, Tennessee Horror News, and then I uh, got onto Horror Amino, which is an app that... Um, it's kind of evolved over the past couple of years, and it's become more like uh, Facebook or Instagram for horror fans. And I still uh, find myself on there a lot, just kind of connecting with other fans because I have a broad base on there. But for the most part, I really just try to uh, connect with other people out there uh, that are not necessarily on Horrormino, but in Instagram, on Facebook, things like that. Um, so. Uh, today, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about your uh, your journey through Horror Oasis, and then we're going to cap off the episode uh, with our celebration of grandmothers and the legacy of horror watching that they have left with Ooh. us. So I know I'm super excited about that as well. But um, first things first, I wanted to just throw a news bit out there before I get into the horror oasis of it all. Um mm-hmm. Vinegar Syndrome dropped their, um, of course, first of the month. Every month is a standard uh, celebration for Vinegar Syndrome because that's when they announce all of their monthly uh, lineup of horror releases. And today, for their October uh, package, they released quite the load of Vinegar Syndrome titles and also from some of their partner labels. The one specifically through Vinegar Syndrome, uh, I'll note here, uh, one of them is Nothing Underneath and Too Beautiful to Die. And that is uh, with the limited slip cover, of course. And it is a giallo slasher movie from the 80s. And so I'm pretty excited to... um, to pick this whole package up, but also to get that one because I have it on a horrible DVDR. So <laughs> I'm super excited to actually watch this uh,
0: upscaled version of a trashy exploitation classic. Have you watched this one, uh, Brett? No, I was actually just chuckling though. Too Beautiful to Die sounds like a James Bond movie. <laughs> it really does right and if you look at the cover of the slip cover
1: it has that uh that femme fatale like james bond look like from the Mother. 80s but there's a giant bloody pair of scissors over her face so oh, naturally naturally why how could you not gravitate to that right um so a couple other their a couple other of their titles uh the laughing dead which is a really fun uh 80 late 80s it's like it's got a little bit of everything. It's got zombies, it's got creatures. Um it's a, it's sort of a um, a lost gem if you will. And Vinegar Syndrome of course is known for releasing those. Uh one of the bigger surprises for this package was Ticks from the 90s. Oh. They are releasing that 4K edition of that. Yeah, so I have to get that. Um are you a fan of Ticks?
0: Uh, yeah, right now you can watch it on Amazon Prime, but the like the transfer isn't super amazing, obviously. So the fact that it's, it's getting remastered is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh,
1: Vinegar Syndrome really does a good job on their 4K restorations. Not all of their titles are always 4K. Most of them are 2K. But uh, this one specifically has new artwork, which is astounding. And I will post in the show's posting. Uh, but this one is getting the 4K love, and I'm excited to pick it up. I have... The now out of print Olive Films release uh, of the Blu-ray of this, but um, I'm definitely going to upgrade to this version and a couple others in this package. The Grave, which is in 19, uh, I think it's 94, 95. It's sort of like a crime drama horror uh, tales of from the crypt esque. Uh, horror movie um, about these two prisoners on the run and they encounter all kinds of crazy things. But, um, and then the last thing that they have is the laughing dead. Uh, it's, or excuse me, it's called Camille Keaton in Italy and it is a uh, Italian horrors uh, collection. Um, so I don't know, that one sounds a little interesting too, but some of their partner label announcements were really kind of uh off the beaten path, if you will, Uh, I had noted in previous episodes, Agfa and Bleeding Skull had combined forces for Boarding House, which dropped today, Uh, but a couple others that uh, weren't unexpected is the summer of 84, uh, which is a newer, uh, movie. Um, it is getting 4k restored and, uh, release and the last matinee, which, uh, my brother and I, uh, covered on the podcast for our reaction review. That's also getting released this month. Uh, the, um, LGBTQI plus, uh, giallo film knife heart is also getting released and we have a couple other companion pieces shit and champagne which i have not seen and shattered dead which is a really odd sort of western 90s tale about uh i think it's like zombies in a town or whatever but they regardless this heap of horror movies that they threw upon us uh horror fiends today uh could not go unnoticed so i thought that i would uh promote these and uh, share the love and uh, any listeners out there want to let us know any of the ones that you're picking up, please feel free. Uh, Brett, are there any that stand out to you that you're going to
0: pick up? Other than I mean, tics? I'm still geeking, geeking out over Ticks. I mean, right now, if you go on like Amazon, you can get the, the older Blu-ray for like 60 or 70 bucks. So the um, vinegar syndrome one is looks like it's right now it's thirty seven ninety nine which is not bad at all and yeah that artwork is awesome that artwork is very like very eighties yeah um uh yeah no and I love um I love Amy Dolan's. she she's like the horror sequel queen like you know she's in Pumpkinhead two Witchboard two so she's great.
1: Yeah, I love her. And I love those titles, too. Uh, they don't get uh, a lot of love because the, you know, the first uh, entries in those are, are so, um, I guess, Stand they out. out so well. Yeah. But um, yeah, Amy Dolan's uh, great 90s sequel queen of horror. Um, all right, Brett. So with that news, we're going to move on to you and Horror Oasis. Do you want to walk us through like what your journey's been through sort of contributing horror reviews? Like what prompted you to start doing that? Well, I've
0: always been a huge horror fan and um I think within the past couple of years I especially um you know as you mentioned like um social media pages like uh Facebook and Instagram and stuff, you know that's where you connect with people and um I just really connected with a lot of horror fans on there and and I loved you know I loved reading people's posts about movies that they've been watching and and even when I was younger I mean I I've pretty much been writing since I could hold a pen and so um you know I used to especially like in elementary school I used to write a lot of um, book reviews and you know everything from like Amelia Bedelia to a series of fortune events so naturally awesome. yeah so naturally that writing uh for that you know mixed with my love of horror um I, I guess it just kind of makes sense and and I absolutely love writing about them um I first heard about Horror Oasis. Um, I'm pretty sure from my uh, college professor. Uh, we still uh, keep in touch to this day. I graduated in 2016, and um, you know he knew he knew that I was wanting to get into the movie review scene for a while, and uh, you know I wanted to get my feet wet writing for a horror website, and so he pointed me in the right direction.
1: Nice. Well, I really enjoyed uh, the writings that you have uh, on your archive. Uh, here through your profile on Horror Oasis. And the one that really stood out to me, uh, maybe this was your first one was The the Babadook. Yes. And uh, I read through that one. And then um, I read through, um, well, of course, recently, which I agree with all your points on Malignant. Uh, mm-hmm. But you have uh, quite a diverse uh, sort of, um, I guess, horror films that you've contributed to on there. Mm-hmm. Are these movies uh, that you've uh, provided reviews for on the site are they movies that uh, that are some of your top like favorites or is this just kind of like a mood piece where you are like you know I want to watch this and I want to review it like how does that work for you as a writer uh, when you
0: contribute to the site? It's definitely more the latter. I think that some of these like um, Deliver Us from Evil definitely isn't definitely wouldn't be on my like you know top ten. <laughs> Um, but, but movies like the Babadook, that is probably one of my favorites that that's been released in the past, you know, several years. Um, I love the kind of emotional psychological horror that like, um, (laughs) hopefully I don't sound too pretentious here, but like, you know, like the monster can be interpreted as a monster, but it can also be interpreted as this character kind of struggling with something and, and their struggles are kind of manifesting as, as as the monster that they have to face. And that's the biggest thing about the Babadook is she has to face her grief. And so that kind of horror is something that I've really been drawn to. And so I'm really glad that I started uh, this movie review journey with the Babadook because it really is one of my favorites. And then I followed that up with Deliver Us From Evil. and. Deliver Us from Evil is still like visually. It's it's a fun movie. It's very like it's a hard boiled almost like detective police thriller. Um, Scott Derrickson he he did Deliver Us from Evil and he also did um, the Exorcism of Emily Rose and I think he he has a new one coming out with Ethan Ethan Hawke. He did um, Sinister. Oh, yeah. Um. So he's a great director. Uh, I just Deliver Us from Evil probably wasn't my horror cup of tea, but to end, long story short, I, yeah, I think it's more of mood pieces, you know, whatever, whatever seems interesting at the time. Nice. Yeah. I, uh,
1: I, that movie that you mentioned with Ethan Hawke, uh, I was reading some reviews about it recently. Cause it just premiered at TIFF, which is a film festival. And there's uh, quite a few horror movies, obviously on that festival. And mm-hmm. it's uh, the black phone, which is a Joe Hill adaption. Um, yep, yep. And I'm really excited because I love uh, Joe Hill. And I have mm-hmm. enjoyed some of his adaptions so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the pairing of Scott Derrickson with Ethan Hawke is probably like a really good marriage on film. I think he did really good in Sinister. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. I've, I've heard that Black Phone is really great. It's set in the 70s. Uh, awesome. So it's uh, yeah, so and the story is great. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they will pull off the villain because the villain mm-hmm. uh, is probably one of the more, the more, um, I guess, realistic and gritty villains that uh, mm-hmm. we probably would have uh, been given recently since there's been more of a lot of the abstract, a lot of the, um, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that. But uh just just because you mentioned that, I, w- I had to throw that out there that uh, that will be coming out in January, The Black Phone. So definitely look forward to that. Um, so it sounds like uh, based off of like, you know, your contributions and like some of its moods, some of its just things that you really enjoy. Or you mentioned something about like cerebral horror and like that sort of uh, psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're going to now, do you collect movies, too, or do you use Screaming? <laughs> How does that work for you? Oh, yeah,
0: I am. I I would say I, I mean, my collection probably isn't as big as, you know, if you go on Instagram, I'm like, oh, my collection actually isn't that big compared to, <laughs> but yes, I'm a, I'm a physical media advocate. I absolutely love collecting uh, Blu-rays, collector's editions of things. Um, you know, I, every week I'm kind of just looking at what's coming out on, on Tuesdays. Um nice. Yeah, so definitely a big physical media collector. And so <laughs> running out of shelf space. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that is definitely the, uh, the struggle that a lot of us have with collect- with collecting and especially physical media. Um, I've mentioned in previous episodes that obviously I, I collect a lot of Blu-rays. I have some DVDs, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I've, I I collect um, horror books too, which is, it's, it. I had to put them in a different room because there's so many of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that's cool that you, you know, you, you like physical media, you advocate for it, because here on the show, we definitely uh, promote that. Um, but when in doubt, you know, there are times when you have to stream something. What is your, I guess, stance on um, movies that come out that won't get physical releases? Like I'm looking at a couple that are coming out from Netflix, <laughs> one that recently came out, like with the trilogy of Fear Street. Like, I don't think those will get a... Um, a physical release. What do you think about that? Like, is it more accessible to uh, fans? Does it kind of um, turn some fans away that they can't actually own that? What's, what, how do you feel about that as someone that is um, sort of a new collector, but also a fan of
0: physical media? I'm almost 50-50. I, I mean, I like I mentioned, I love physical media and I love, like if, when I hold a movie or a book in my hand, I really do feel like it's mine. Yeah. Uh, so that said, I think a lot of the, for example, Midnight Mass just came out, um, Flanagan, he uh he also did Mike Flanagan, he also did the Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor. I'm pretty sure Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor, I'm pretty sure those are getting physical releases, but but yeah, not all of them end up getting um, you know, the Blu-ray treatment. Um I mean, I almost feel like they'd be lame if they didn't put out the fierce <laughs> yeah. on. Like, people would definitely flock to buy that trilogy on, you know, as a collector set. Um, I don't know. I can see see the upside for streaming, too. I mean, you probably save a heck of a lot of money (laughs) not buying everything. Yeah. Lots of space saved. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Lots of space saved. Um, I mean, people actually... They think I'm crazy for not having Shutter Shutter either. I mean, I watch so many horror movies. I'm like, maybe I should get on Shutter because they have been putting out a lot of good stuff lately too.
1: Yeah, I like Shutter uh, RLJE and Shudder send uh, me quite a few things to review, and oh, awesome. either yeah, either I review the physical or or I review on the Shutter site. And I, I will say that out of all of the streaming sources, I would probably uh, say for horror fans, definitely check out uh shutter because i think that the way that the the film uh, library is curated and you know how um the owner is of course lgbtq uh, uh i did not know that that's great centered. yeah so he is uh, instrumental in putting a lot of the independent films out there that are either with uh, you know pride pride festivals or with anything that has that sort of, um, I guess, tone or theme to it. So I, I like that about Shutter, but also there's just a thoughtful process as to what is put on there. And, and I like knowing that, like when you go on Tubi, for example, there's there's a lot of trash you have to wade through to get to good stuff. So yeah. with Shutter, I think they're a little bit more uh, careful in what they choose, but uh, yeah, definitely recommend them. And And I just asked you that because... Uh, talking about space and talking about things, um, you know, physical releases, it is, it is a back and forth sometimes. Like when I see things that are announced or, or whatever, like, is it going to come out? Do I want to own it? Is it going to occupy space in, my, in, my, in mm. my physical shelf or in my head? So either way. Um, but I diverted uh, into a path, but we were talking about Horror Oasis. And now are there any uh, sorts of, I guess upcoming uh
0: pieces that you are uh, you'd like to promote while you're on the show today well i'm pretty sure it's confirmed but um i recently did a write-up on a uh, love at first bite which is a 70s vampire film that um i know later we're going to be talking about grandmothers but this is was one of my grandma's favorite movies um other than that um i don't, I don't, know, think, sure have, I don't to-
1: think i've seen that one Oh, what's up? <laughs> oh, sorry. I
0: don't I don't think I've seen that one, so I'll have to check that one out. Love it first bite. Oh yeah, it's a very there's there's vampires and disco and and all sorts of uh fun <laughs> things in it. It's definitely it's it's definitely more of like a definitely not a straight up horror, more of a uh like a horror rom-com, you know, very nice. quirky, tongue in cheek.
1: Yeah, very cool. It and I think uh, this this discussion uh, came from uh, us in a way Mm -hmm. where we were talking about um, kind of your, how you incorporate yourself into your writings. And I think it's Mm -hmm. cool that um, you are doing that and you're approaching that. And I I love to know um, who my writers are and kind of where they are, where they fall in the horror spectrum. Um, And I think it's cool that you uh, also dig some horror uh, that I may not necessarily uh, gravitate to, but it's fun to have those back and forth discussions uh, about horror and horror movies. And that's why I'm super grateful that we were able to connect online and social media. Oh, totally. um, so uh, moving on from Horror Oasis, um, I wanted to uh, kind of get um, your... I guess, are there any anticipated movies that you're looking forward to that are coming out or uh, any any streaming or any theater movies that are coming out that you are looking forward to?
0: Oof, there's so many. Um, actually, um, I, I guess I would say primarily Halloween Kills. It's been like the most, I feel like that's the most advertised right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially, I'm. I kind of agree with a lot of the comments that I feel like, the trailers are almost giving too much away, <laughs> um, or or maybe they're simply diverting us, and and the movie will be totally surprising. But I feel like we got so much of the plot in the trailers. Um, but yeah, I would say mostly Halloween Kills. Um, I know they're basically like rebooting everything. I mean, didn't they recently, <laughs> didn't they recently reboot? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix reboot. But um, I know you did last summer. Oh yeah, the Amazon uh, show that's debuting oh, like
1: actually. I think the same day the Halloween Kills comes out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Oh,
1: I, 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 right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think that from the first trailer, I was not interested, and I watched the second, and yeah. I was like, hmm, okay. So there is there is a uh, a slasher element to it. Um, yeah, it's not the fisherman, but it is a slasher element. I'm like, okay, well maybe. But I think they released a, another one and I just didn't watch it because I, I feel like every time they release trailers, they just give too much away. Like with Halloween. Wait, but- yeah. So I don't want to watch like all the people getting killed when I've already seen it. Um, <laughs> I, I want some mystery, I guess. And I'm going to watch it, but I'm not that excited for it. I don't know. I I, I-, I feel like there's only so many
0: times that Michael can,
1: <laughs> you know oh no 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 I'm I'm definitely ho- excited for Halloween Kills it's I know what you did last summer I'm, I'm not that oh, excited yeah. for uh mm-hmm. but yeah I, I get what you're saying with Michael <laughs>
0: um yeah so uh I would say uh, sorry I would say also uh Last Night in Soho that one uh looks absolutely incredible um I love Anna Taylor Joy she was great in The Witch um yes, yes. Let's see what else. Um, I recently on Horror Oasis. I recently did like a kind of a press release write up for Nightmare Alley. That's um, Guillermo del Toro's um, film noir. Very he like he almost does. He departs from his usual like supernatural, paranormal feel to to doing like a an, a psychological thriller. Um, and it's based on an, um, a book that I've never read. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely need to check into that. But um, yeah, I would say like last night in Soho, Nightmare Alley, Halloween Kills. Um, those are probably my top three right
1: now. Nice, very exciting. Yes, I did see that you had posted that article up there, and um, I'll be uh, sharing that in the episodes posting as well. Um, well, I'm excited for uh, our listeners to discover your writings on Horror Oasis. Uh, keep up the good work, and yeah, uh, keep um, keep giving us some. Um, I guess off the cuff, uh, recommendations for movies that you like. I think that's really cool. Um, I, when I read your article on, uh, the Babadook, I looked at it in a different way. Uh, I had already appreciated oh, awesome. some things about it, but, uh, it did make me appreciate it just a little bit more, like knowing mm. that someone found the things that I liked about it, uh, in their own, uh, perspective. So, uh, definitely, uh, check out horroroasis.com. oasis.com uh, check out the archive reviews of brett Laurie and uh, bug him on social media he is on instagram i am looking at facebook of course um we're going to take a break right now and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about celebration of grandmas and the legacy of horror watching Woo. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I still have Brett Laurie here and we are talking about uh, our love of our grandmas and the legacy of horror movie and horror lifestyle, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, mood and ambiance that they have left us uh, and they give they gifted to us, I should say, Um, Brett. Uh, Our conversation kind of talked, uh, or excuse me, our conversation uh, uh, that we had, which prompted this whole uh, episode, was uh, you started talking about um, things that you would watch with your grandmother, and I got really excited because those are some of the things that... um, activities that I found myself doing and you know we kind of went back and forth and so I thought it'd be really cool to celebrate our grandma so uh, would you like to start and just kind of tell us a little bit about your grandma and kind of um what um the bond that you guys you two had uh growing up and sharing the love of horror
0: I I would say that primarily she she absolutely was a storyteller and she loved stories um whether that was like on-screen stories or you know reading books to us um she absolutely loved horror movies um she would <laughs> microwave like a big bag of like you know act 2 microwave popcorn and we would sit down and and we would watch um mostly family friendly horror cuz that was little you know we would watch stuff like disney's um you know the legend of sleepy hollow um i remember watching a really old um CBS special "Once Upon a Midnight Scary" with Vincent Price. Um, so a lot of also she did a lot of like um, old television, like old Halloween television specials, like the Urkel Halloween special and like. Oh cute! Yeah, she so she loved Halloween specials. She would like tape everything. Um, yeah, it, it. She her apartment uh, was always covered like top to bottom in, in like leaf garland and and Halloween decor. And it was, it was such a magical place to be, uh, during the fall. And we would go there every day after school. She would babysit us. And, um, yeah, very movie heavy. Um, trying to think of what else comes to mind. Um,
1: I love that. Now, did you have sibling, you have siblings that, uh, she would also babysit as well. Okay. And now are they into horror too, or is it mostly just you?
0: I would say, uh, probably me and my brother mostly. My sister can tolerate some horror, but I would say it's mostly me and my brother. My brother has a big love of horror too. So um, sometimes we'll hang out and we'll watch, you know, whatever just recently came out. Um, yeah. I, yeah, so the, yeah, the three of us, we would go there every day after school and um, she would put on stuff like, you know, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, <laughs> for example, with Don Knotts. That was a great yeah. one. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like, I guess for me, it was almost like a, Kind of a gateway into horror, like you know, watching like family friendly horror stuff, like um, thinking of what else comes to mind, like you know, Casper with like Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci, Ricci. um, the Adams family, you know, stuff like that. So, a lot of family friendly, um, I guess, gentle horror, <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's cool that you got to experience that and that uh, that gateway horror, uh, which I still find myself going back to, uh, especially like this time of, of, of the year. Oh, totally. Uh, we're recording on October 1st and um, I don't know about you, hmm. but I'm ready for everything Halloween all at once, all yes. month long. And I will have movies playing in the background. I, I work remotely for a full-time mm-hmm. job. And so I'll have movies in the background playing while I'm doing my like documentation, things like that. And mm-hmm. it just kind of takes me back to a place, um, you know, that mood of being around my brother and being around my dad and uh, mm-hmm. my, my mom and you know, my my grandma and uh she would always leave like those um marathon horror movies or whatever on like playing in the background while Mm -hmm. she would be cooking or she'd be making lunch or whatever and that just kind of makes me feel like her presence is here still even though you know she's long past Mm -hmm. but uh just kind of setting that mood and doing things um like that now do you find yourself i know you mentioned that she liked specific popcorn like the act two which is what we get to um, but like the decorations and all that, do you find yourself uh, sort of trying to replicate those kinds of things to like set the mood when you're ready to like to
0: get into the mood of the spooky season? Absolutely. Um, I completely agree that it definitely feels like a very nostalgic time. Um, our my family is very close. So we'll all especially around her birthday, um, you know, we'll all um, get together and we'll you know, we'll watch those kinds of movies that she would put on and, um, you know, maybe bake like an apple pie or something. And, and yeah, I, I agree. That's a very, it definitely feels like a nostalgic time. And I've never really been a big, like, I mean, I don't really decorate my apartment that much, but I, (laughs) I was at the store the other day and I found myself buying like little pumpkin tea lights and, and, you know, stuff like that. Like, so I, I, I think surrounding yourself with, um, you know, fall decorations and Halloween decorations can definitely, like, boost your mood and um, I can see why she did it. It's, I mean, it's very oh, also um, I picked up a I'm glad that you can still get these, like everywhere, basically, like, you can get them at Wegmans but you can get, like, clove brooms. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, a clove broom, just, like, wafting through the entire house or apartment, you know, is, is great. My grandma, she would hang it on the back of her door and so you can get, like, I think you can even get them at like Shaw's. You can get like little tiny ones that you can just hang up. Um, and um, yeah, so my room can just smell like, you know, cinnamon and apples. <laughs> Yummy.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, uh, I I found myself, I think, more so now, the past two years, decorating more. Like, I would always carve pumpkins and, you know, do things like that and put out some monsters. And we always made an event, you know, in my family. But when I was on my own or when I was with Gabe and we got married, it was, it sort of, um We sort of would decorate, but it wasn't really all out. And now Mm -hmm. that we have our own house and uh, we have a spooky looking house, I've been wanting to decorate it even more now. And yes. so I found myself like at the pumpkin patch about every other day, <laughs> more pumpkins and, you know, getting all these ugly gourds and like all of these like decorations. And um, it just kind of takes me back to my grandma's house. Cause ultimately like my grandma was the one that introduced me to horror as a kid. Um, I lived with her for a, a brief time uh, growing mm-hmm. up. She sort of raised me for a little bit and mm-hmm. um It was cool because she would, you know, get her popcorn, she would make lunch and then we would sit there and uh, in Indianapolis, we had a couple movie stations that would have, uh, one would be a Friday night uh, at the movies, um, and they would play a horror movie and then usually on Sundays, they would uh, do it on channel four and it would be like a horror movie of the week or whatever and and occasionally they would have a horror host his name is Sammy Terry and he would um present the movie and it would be sort of like uh during commercial break of course he would still be there to provide commentary and those kinds of things and uh he has passed but his son has uh kind of carried the torch for the Sammy Terry persona oh, that's and- awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He kind of looks like the uh, ghoul from uh, the punk band Misfits, if you know who the Misfits are. Uh, he kind of looks like that a little like Phantom, like classic Phantom looking um, has, you know, the dish gl- the dishwasher gloves on really kind of kitschy. Yeah. But, uh, when I when I think about those times and I think about, you know, you know, the popcorn, microwave popcorn or whatever, and uh, the cider and like all that stuff, like I immediately think of her and I think, you um, of us staying up very late, like way past, you know, the time I should have been up watching all of these horror movies. Now, some of the movies, um, and I'll ask you this afterwards, but some of the movies that we really, uh, my grandma and I really connected with uh, Mm -hmm. were movies like, well, the Friday the 13th movies, because she loved Jason too. Uh, But also like Burnt Offerings, uh, which is one of my favorite 70s movies. Love Um, Karen Black. Yes, Karen Black. And uh, yeah, just a great cast um the sentinel is another 70s movie which they used to play frequently like on the like horror marathons oh,
0: good i love the sentinel
1: it's so good yeah and it's it's just it's a spooky movie um it would be cut all to hell because it would be on regular television because there's a lot of stuff in it that <laughs> wouldn't have fl- flown well, i like
0: <laughs> i not to interrupt you but i love the sentinel because it almost kind of like rosemary's baby it's almost like everyone If I remember correctly, it's like everyone's in the know about her. Like she she's in this apartment and she doesn't know what's going on, but I don't know, it seems like everyone has a leg up on her.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you if you're listening to this episode and you hear the silent hill alarm in the background, that happens all the time where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the time. It was like at one o'clock in the morning the other day. It just goes and goes and goes. It's setting the mood, I guess. But (laughs) But you're right, like the the Sentinel is such a, it's just such an eerie classic like movie when I think of um, like a movie to play
0: like at night. I think mm-hmm. it's a really good one. It plays really well before like bed because it's creepy as hell. It's <laughs> an upgrade to the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray. I still have like, I, I remember going to like a horror convention. I think I just kind of like on the whim because I love the cover of like the eye staring down at her or whatever. Um, I got the, the DVD and I'm sure the Blu-ray looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, the blu great. is great. Um, it's one that I ended up upgrading to, and um, so yeah, I, I would recommend getting that for sure. And uh, you know, so a couple of the other movies that really stood out uh, to me are uh, some of the old movies that used to like premiere, like on t- on like like USA Up All Night or um, like the Ron Up All Night movies. But one was called. Uh, nightmare on the 13th floor and it's a 90 i think it came out in 1990 but it's a made for tv horror movie um set in like an apartment complex have you watched that one
0: no but the, you mentioned uh tv horror and i can't believe i didn't mention this but uh have you heard of the midnight hour i have i have it on dvdr i love it it's okay yeah that's one Halloween my, uh, yeah that's one that she liked too
1: yeah. So I think those are some of the standout ones for me. Um, and there's, there's another one that is, is going to be released on Blu-ray uh, from um, Kino Lorber and it's I'm dangerous tonight. And it's, it's got Anthony Perkins, imagine Amex in it. Um, but that's one that we, I remember it being on TV all the time and we would always watch it and she would make these comments because the, the, uh, the red, a sheer fabric that's uh, cursed, the the, the girl turns it into a dress and she wears it. My grandma would always say, oh my God, look at that dress. It's gorgeous. You know, she would just make these comments about things and it just sticks (laughs) with me. And when I'm feeling like, you know, crappy or when I'm in a bad mood and some days- uh, mm-hmm. I'll come home and I'll watch one of those movies or you know any of the movies that the, the thousands of movies we watch together. And it just makes me feel better and it makes me feel like you know she's still here. Um, so I'm gonna ask you like the same question. but what are some of the movies that stood out to you that you watched with your grandma or that you still kind of find yourself uh, uh, feeling a little bit more nostalgic for when you put it
0: in? So when I was old enough to watch all of her favorite movies, <laughs> I um, definitely, uh, I would say, my I guess my like comfort go to movies that are kind of very nostalgic, kind of connected to my grandmother. She loved um Let Scare Jessica to Death. That was a really great one. Oh yeah, great one. Um, really great. Such an I think I think in recent years it's gotten way more attention and appreciation. It's it's such a gem. Um she loved uh The Lost Boys, Rosemary's Baby, um the Exorcist. I love I, I wonder how many people can be like, oh yeah, my grandma loves The Exorcist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um and watched it with me. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say let's scare Jessica to death. The Lost Boys, um, maybe Poltergeist. Poltergeist was, I guess parts of Poltergeist were family friendly. I guess like it's more the ending stuff that's super creepy. Yeah. Um, let's see what else? I, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That was another, very you know funny kind of comedy that we were allowed to watch with her um and uh yeah i would say definitely definitely those especially i would i find myself returning to sometimes
1: that's cute yeah and um no are your do, your do your parents also get into horror too or was, did that skip a generation
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, it uh yes it skipped a generation um i i think my mom has a low tolerance for horror but she, I, she I guess she likes some. I mean, she, I, I, I'm pretty sure she had to like tape The Exorcist for my grandma. <laughs> so she had to like, <laughs> she had to pause it during the commercial. So she, you know, she got an eyeful of, of the movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's seen most of the, you know, she's seen most of the classics. My, my mom's seen, you know, The Lost Boys, Rosemary's Baby. Um, I, I think there are certain essential classics that, I, even if even if you're not like a horror fan, you've at least heard of it, or or maybe you you've seen it with somebody else, you know. Um, but yeah, it definitely skips a generation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's that's good. I uh, my parents both like horror, and my my grandma liked horror, and. Um, awesome. And now my other grandma, uh, she has passed, too. She was from my my dad's side mm-hmm. of the family. But um, mm-hmm. I remember when we lived in Texas, uh, we stayed there briefly for a while, too. And uh, we moved around a lot uh, as as kids. And uh, we were in a lot of different places and. My grandma uh, from Texas, she uh, she liked horror movies uh, and she was really fun to watch horror movies with because she provided commentary for the whole movie.
0: (laughs) I love I I actually I know some people hate it when people talk during movies and stuff I, I enjoy if I'm with someone who who ends up talking the whole movie if we're talking about the movie I find it engaging and fun and interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends for me. Like if I'm at the movie theater, I don't want to hear like conversations, but oh I yeah. Should- but you know, when you're at home and you're with your loved ones, it's it's, it's really fun. And for her, mm-hmm. I just remember her, one of these things that she would always say is like, you know, whether it would be like a slasher movie we'd be watching, or whatever. And and she's she's a Mexican, but she would say, "Oh, that stupid lady! Like, why <laughs> is she going in there?" And she would say that like, you know, all the time because that would be the the that's what the characters do. You know, they do stupid things. Yeah, but she would always say, "Hey, stupid lady, why <laughs> are you going in there?" And there's movies that I. I don't really, I guess, recall watching with her. But when something happened, and I'm like, "Oh my god, we watched this," and then it would pop into my head that little phrase, and it just makes me like think warm thoughts, like, "Oh, she's thinking of me." It's just just a cute little phrase. But um, I I was I was blessed with having two grandmas that really loved horror, and of course, a a family that loves horror, and uh, it's a big. Uh, lifestyle for for me and for us and you know introducing my husband to horror movies which uh, has been really fun because he is he's not seen a lot of the trash that I've watched um, <laughs> so I really enjoy watching his face when I make him watch like tourist trap or Something
0: super like or or yeah
1: exactly <laughs> um so for you now um we mentioned this you know um and 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 with your uh, with your grandma passing all this uh, horror to you, um, have you found yourself like kind of getting people that you know or loved ones into horror? Like, has that ever came about?
0: Hmm, converting people into into to the horror genre—that's um, definitely a dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I. I don't want to claim I got my brother more interested into horror, but definitely, I think, I think I definitely pulled him into being more of a hardcore fan. Um, We definitely watched more stuff together on a regular basis.
1: Um,
0: My, uh, my best friend, Kelsey, we, we watch a lot of horror on uh, Netflix um, on quite a regular basis. So um, I'm constantly, you know, suggesting and introducing new horror movies to her. Um, Yeah, I I guess for the most part, um, you hope that, you know, when you talk about what you love, and and in my case, it's (laughs) horror movies, um, you hope that some people will end up, you know, maybe looking into it. But of course, not everyone, not everyone's a horror fan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I've, I've been around friends that really despise horror and um, mm-hmm. we connect in other ways. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, the people that I tend to either hang out with or be around or, uh, you know, like horror. I know my sister, Cindy, if you're listening, um, she's she wasn't always into horror, but uh my brother and I have gotten my niece Kiera really into horror. Like she's super hardcore into it now. And um, yeah. So I love it because (laughs) that's just another way we can connect and we can kind of share that love because I would love to be the older elder uh, in the family that gets people into horror like my grandmas did. So, Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else that you'd like to note on your celebration of your grandmother while we're having this discussion before we kind of close out the show?
0: Um, just thinking about all of the horror comedies that she introduced me to that um, I'm thinking in particular about, especially like, I think the ghost and Mr. Chicken was basically one of the first horror comedy hybrid type movies that we watched. And um, I remember being really fascinated. Cause I, you know, when you're little, like I, I was like, is this supposed to be scary? Is this supposed to be funny? Cause there were, you know, I think there, there are parts where it goes back and forth, like, especially at the beginning, um, there's some scary parts, and then you start laughing. And, and so I thought being introduced to like hybrid movies, especially like horror comedy hybrids, um, that was such a new thing for me. Um, I also yeah. um, loved uh, the Munsters, you know, of course, Rob Zombie, everyone knows by now that Rob Zombie is rem- re- uh doing a reinterpretation of it. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. And and I know that there's a lot of talk about whether or not, um, you know, will will it kind of honor and stay true to the show? Um, you know, we'll see. I, I tend to like Rob Zombie's movies, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I would say one of the most memorable things would probably be um, horror comedies for me. I definitely return to Abbott and Costello a lot. You know, I need to rediscover
1: those. I haven't seen those since I was a kid. And I remember, uh, my dad, uh, watching one of those and he was cracking up laughing, uh, Oh, they're so good! I think it's the Frankenstein one, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'll have to rediscover those. I always love um, these these conversations. You know, something a recommendation comes out, and then the next thing you know, I'm looking on Amazon or I'm creeping <laughs> around in the stores trying to find these things. Um, so, thanks for that, Brett. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so, for. Uh, the celebration of our grandmothers. I mean, we both uh, are carrying on the tradition. We're both getting spooky for the, for the October season. Uh, We're getting our snacks ready. We're ready to, to watch some horror. I know I am tonight. Uh, We're having a few friends over. We're going to watch some uh, some movies. I'm going to introduce them to something. Um, But uh, we talked about earlier, uh, you mentioned the movie on shutter and then it kind of, uh, spiraled into other movies that uh, I forgot that we actually bonded over. But Seance um, was one of those movies from Shudder. And um, Shudder has so much that they always uh, kind of cycle through for the season. And they just posted all of their new October releases, whether it's new to Shudder or whether it's one of their exclusives. Um, seance i think we both enjoyed um i I know it was it was kind of nice to talk to somebody that had actually seen it because i think not a lot of people have seen it yet um Mm -hmm. but uh that was one and then you mentioned the boys from county hill which is one movie that uh gabriel my husband and i are going to be interviewing uh and posting next week for our reaction review section and Mm -hmm. that was one that i i Found really enjoyable as well. Um, were there some other Shutter uh, Shutter movies that you uh, that you have enjoyed, or just overall?
0: Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we mentioned uh, Boys from County Hell. I I really enjoyed that. It, it just felt like something very different, something that I haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, it's it's like an Irish vampire kind of horror comedy hybrid. It almost it almost had a to me it had a very like almost Shaun of the Dead feel. Um, yeah. Which I really enjoyed, but um, I would say other, let me see, other Shutter favorites would definitely be uh, Scare Me, Scare oh, Me. Oh yeah, I like Scare Me. I, that's another one that I don't think a lot of people have seen. And uh, I,
1: you know, honestly, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it the first time mm-hmm. I watched it, mm-hmm. but after rewatching it, I ended up buying it because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I found it out for like ten bucks at Best Buy, but mm-hmm. uh, I I like the way, I think. If well, it, it fits perfectly on Shudder, I should say, mm-hmm. because it's a it's a risky indie movie. It's not something Perfect. that would be mainstream. Um, but what
0: were your thoughts on it? Go ahead. Um, it's very heavy on um. The, I mean, most of the movie is improvisation, right? They're they're acting yeah. out they're acting out their stories that they're telling. So uh, we as the viewer, we we're not getting like the stories shown to us. We're literally, it's literally just the characters on screen, kind of you know through their movements and through uh, camera work and through, through their eyes and through their actions, they're acting out the story. Uh, And I think the way that it was done, I I do think they pulled it off. Um, It it could have been very, you know, slow and boring. And I think that I I definitely don't think that it will be for everyone. I, I definitely think that it might be kind of uh, what's the point? It's just, it's just like a one set piece, you know, a one piece set, you know, it's just them in this cabin together. Uh, so action wise, not much happens, but, but story, story wise, there's so much going on. Yeah. I think for
1: people that may like listening to uh, podcasts that have a that are not necessarily like this one, but they tell stories like campfire tales or yeah. pastas or yeah. some sort of narrative that someone has written. And uh, if they appreciate that sort of uh, storytelling and also mm-hmm. uh, telling stories themselves or listening to stories. And I think that mm-hmm. um, even listening to bringing this back to like our grandmothers, like my grandma mm-hmm. loved to tell stories, would always tell these spooky stories. So it's, it's, I think it's about, setting that atmosphere and i think Scaremy did a really good job of uh setting that up and to root for maybe not root for at first and um yeah so it, it's one of the movies that I, I honestly wouldn't mind uh having more of of that mm-hmm. specific type of uh storytelling mm-hmm. um yeah and now have you got to check out um stay out of the attic i think it's stay out of the fucking attic on shutter yeah <laughs>
0: Well, if that ever gets released at Walmart, they'll definitely just call it, you know, stay out of the attic. <laughs> yeah. They well, tend yeah, to it's... edit it's... the title <laughs> on their DVD releases. But no, no, I've heard a lot about it. I have um, it looks really interesting. Have you seen it? I did. Yeah. I I wrote a review for it earlier in the year
1: and, or maybe last year, I don't even remember, but uh, it it is, it did come out stay out of the attic, funny enough. Uh, (laughs) And it was released a few weeks ago, actually on DVD and Blu-ray. You can find it, I think at Walmart now uh, and Best Buy. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it was a, it was a really cool. uh, And I I mentioned this to my brother in previous podcasts, but it's a cool movie that uh, it's like, seance like scare me uh like you know scare package or satanic panic like a lot of those shutter exclusives i don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people uh, have seen it so i think it's another gem that uh you should definitely check out And let me know what you think um, mm-hmm. but um all right so uh we have uh talked about a lot and still not enough and so i definitely want to have you uh you know come back and join us on the show again Thank um no
0: would you like to, uh, plug or promote where we can find you? Uh, well, you did mention um Instagram, so you can find me on Instagram at Brettie Machete, B-R-E-T-T-Y. And then whoever you spell Machete, I can't think of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. At Brettie Machete. You can also find me on Facebook, Brett Laurie. Um, um, as you mentioned, if you go to, uh, Horror Oasis, uh, and you search Brett Laurie, there's, uh, I think right now there are five articles on there, and I definitely plan on writing more. Um, I'm really enjoying the writing process and um, you know I think with each one, I feel like I'm getting a little more and more in depth and I I uh, am enjoying like personally connecting to what I'm watching. And um, especially for instance, like with Love at First Bite, that really, um, I feel like I really connected to the what I was writing about um, because it, you know, my, it was one of my grandma's favorites. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Horror Oasis, you can definitely find me on there. Uh,
1: thank you for joining us and you can find me at Presents at Gmail. Uh, aside from that, um, I look forward to, uh, more horror hangouts with you, Brett and likewise, uh, spooky, stay safe and get ready for the horror season. Take Ooh. care.